We are delighted to be joined by the excellent UK Director of Answers in Genesis, Simon Turpin. Hello and welcome to Exposit the Word, Simon. Hi David, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. Before we get stuck into the questions, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm currently uh, living in Leicester with my family. Um, I'm married to my wife, Jessica, and we have seven children. Um, our oldest actually turns 10 tomorrow. Um, so, um, you know, very delighted with our family. Yeah. And we've got two sets of twins in there. So um, it's um, very busy for us at the home. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I work for Answers in Genesis in the UK, um, which is an apologetics ministry. Um, so I've been doing that now for the last five years. And before that, I spent some time working for a church um, for about five years as well in St. Albans. And uh, originally from the northeast of England, but I've spent uh, most of my life in, in the south. Yeah. Brilliant. And how did you become a Christian? Um, well, my, my parents weren't actually brought up as in a Christian family. Yeah. Um, my dad came to faith through um, his pastor, who was, who was a street preacher. Um, he, he would hear him often going back and forth every day to work and, yeah. and was convicted of the gospel. So, um, yeah, my parents came to faith that way. And so I had the privilege, I guess, of, of growing up in, in a Christian household. Um, and, you know, that's not to say I was a Christian when I was young. I would have thought I was a Christian. Yeah. Um, but I guess I really came to uh, salvation um, probably early in my 20s. Um, after you know living a life that wasn't pleasing to God, yeah. um, I think a lot of what I learned um, in my family and going to church really convicted me. Um, God's law really started to convict me, and so yeah, I was seriously challenged about the way I was living my life. Mm. And yeah, God um, challenged me, turned me around, and, and here I am today. Yeah, amazing. That's a great encouragement for those that do do street and preaching because I, I've heard a lot of people say before that it doesn't work. So what a, what a great encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would encourage people to get out um, onto the streets and and preach the word of God. Jesus, you know, told his disciples, go out into yeah. the, the highways and byways and, and compel them yeah. um, to come. I know my dad is always eternally grateful um, for, for his pastor. In fact, his pastor's still alive. I think he's 92 or 93 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he's not pastoring anymore, but, you know, he's, yeah. he's although he doesn't see him anymore he, um, because of the distance they live between each other now, yeah. he, he can remember that moment and he's, he's grateful that um, he was out there preaching the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And a number of people yeah. came to, to faith um, in that little church that we grew up in mm. um, through, through evangelism. So, yeah, I would encourage everyone to to get out there and, and be a witness for Christ. Yeah, amazing. So how did you get involved with Answers in Genesis and what does your role look like today? Well, I originally started thinking about the importance of Genesis um, when I was in was in Bible college. Yeah. And I guess I was in a college where, and I won't name it, but a lot <laughs> of people didn't believe in Genesis and probably were more theistic evolution free yeah. in their approach to, to the book of Genesis. And... So I started to think about it deeply then and started to do a lot of reading up on on, on creation, evolution, apologetics, that sort, sort of thing. Mm. But when, by the time I graduated from Bible college and I got my first job in a church, that's where I saw the importance of it practically in, 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 the, 
in, in the church itself, but also in evangelism. So that's where I really started to, to use um, creation apologetics, yeah. both in, in witnessing and in preaching in the church. But at the same time, that's when I um, actually started writing for Answers in Genesis. I originally, I think I read John Lennox's book, Seven Days That Divide the World, yeah. um, which is his sort of older interpretation of Genesis. And I read that and I, I was, and I knew a number of people were influenced by him. And I don't know, for some reason, I just sat down and I wrote, wrote a review of it in my head. And um, for some reason, I got in contact with Answers in Genesis in the U.S., and I just said, oh, by the way, um, I recently read this book. He, he's a review if you're interested. And they liked it and they, they published it. So, you know, that started sort of the, my connection with Answers in Genesis. Yeah. Um, and I started to write a number of articles for them. And then when I was sort of in my last year of working at this church in St. Albans, um, they reached out and said, um, they were looking for a speaker in the UK because they hadn't had one for a number of years. Mm. Would I be interested? And so my wife and I started to pray about it. Um, we, we told the church, and they started to, to, to pray about it too, whether it was the right thing to do, and eventually it was. So in 2015, I uh, started my full-time role at Answers in Genesis. Brilliant. So tell us about the aims of Answers in Genesis and why it's so important today, Simon. Um, well, the aim, basically, of, of Answers in Genesis is, is a is apologetic ministry to reach um, the church, to really show people, not, not just to talk about the days of creation, you know, and the floods and, and all those things, but it's mm. really, we see ourselves as a biblical authority uh, ministry, standing on the Word of God unashamedly and preaching it from the very first. first. So we, we want to help the church understand why Genesis is foundational to the whole of the Christian faith, and you know, not just it's not just an argument about the first few chapters in the Bible, but yeah. you know, those chapters are foundational to the to the rest of Scripture. And so, if you mess with the the, the first chapter, the second chapter, the third chapter, you're going to eventually pull doctrine out of the New Testament. So yeah. that's, that's our aim, really, to show people why this issue of creation, evolution, the age of the earth, are um, foundational. Um, to, to scripture, they're important um, authority issues because the Bible touches upon them, and so that's that's how we would we would see ourselves. Yeah, and you do this in a number number of ways. So you publish a lot of books. You you have a conference in the UK as well, don't you, Simon? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for the last um, few, I think since about 2014, we've been holding every um, two years a mega conference. Yeah, and. Um, they've been a, a real success, actually. The first one, yeah, 2014, um, I wasn't working for Answers in Genesis at that time. I started the next year, mm. but um, I did go to that conference, and it was amazing. There were about over a 1,000 Christians there, yeah, and it was a good time of fellowship, teaching, and it was great to, to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ who mm. believed the same thing. And so when I started um, my role, I thought, you know, this is something that we need to continue to do. And so we did another one in in 2017, um, and that was great because we had 1,600 people there. Wow! And yeah. Then we did another one in 2019, um, which I think had 1,200 people. Yeah. And so you know they've been great um, success number wise to have so many Christians come along and hear speakers like Ken Ham, Bodie Borkum, you know Andy McIntosh, Stuart yeah. Burgess, and lots of other great. 
um, teachers on creation and showing them why you can trust the Bible from the very first verse. We've even had, you know, people, um, we've got, I know we've had people like Roman Catholics there, we've had atheists there, all, all come along. So it, it, it's been a, a really great time to, to, to reach out to a number of people. So they've been, yeah, they've been really great conferences. That's great. And I know, obviously, because of coronavirus, for one for this year got postponed. Um, you, you was going to be doing that on um, the various different religions, right? Is that going to be um, rescheduled for another time? Yeah, well, we had to, yeah, like you said, David, we had to cancel out due to um, the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, because that would have, wouldn't have worked at all. Mm. As we know, that, that was due to take place at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we had to schedule that. And we were hopefully... We're still, I mean, because of the way restrictions are going at the moment, and you yeah. just don't know what what's going to happen in the future. We were planning to do not that conference, but a, a, a sort of a, a mega conference again next year in October. But we still have to wait, really, to see yeah. what happens with restrictions. But yeah. what we did think of in the meantime, we thought, well, since everything is going online and we're using Skype, Facebook, YouTube. Mm, mm. You know, why don't we do an online conference? So, yeah. um, for those people who are listening, on October, Saturday, October the thirty-first, we are doing a world religions and cults webinar, um, where we've got seven talks taking place um, throughout at the Saturday, beginning at midday, going all the way till about eight o'clock in the evening, where we're we're going to have talks on uh, the deity of Christ, Judaism, Islam. Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, oh, yeah. um, atheism. How you know? Yeah. Um, how do we know the Bible is the Word of God? And a number of, I think one one other presentation that slipped my mind. But yeah, some great presentations um, by a lot of great speakers. So if, if people are interested, you just have to go to answersgenesis.org, um, Go to the UK web store, and you'll see where you can. Tickets are only five pounds. Awesome. So it's a great deal for a, for a day conference. So good. Online. Well, what we'll do is we'll find the link for that, Simon, and we'll actually have it in the description below this video. So if you are interested, um, please do check out that link. It sounds like it's going to be a, a great online event. Simon, what is the temperature within Christianity today within the UK when it comes to holding on to these truths? Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, question, David. Well, I think statistically, um, and you know, you can make statistics sometimes say anything, Yeah. There's probably just over 60 million people in in the UK, and I think statistically it's about four percent, just over four percent of people in this country go to church mm. on a Sunday. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean all of those people who go to church are Christians. Many of them probably are, but those statistics, you know, tell us something. Four percent of the nation mm. um, go to church on a Sunday. Now, many of those four percent, I would say, probably um, wouldn't believe. Um, in Genesis, a lot of churches in the UK wouldn't hold to the position we would hold um, on, on Genesis, a young earth, um, six literal days, and sin and death coming through Adam, a global flood, all those issues. Many churches wouldn't um, hold to those things. So sadly, the, the, the temperature <laughs> mm. is, is, is cold, but there is, there is a lot of hope because you know we're, we're getting into a lot of churches. I know there are other creation speakers out there who get into churches. And um, although a number of the churches we go to tend to be uh, probably 30 to 50 people, you know, yeah. you do get into some big churches. We are seeing um, a lot of impact when you get into those churches, when you can get to speak to people and show people what the issues are, yeah. why this is, is an authority issue. You do help people um, see um, the issues. You know, you do get sometimes as well a lot of um, kickback from people, Christians who get upset because, 
is yeah. um, trust, trustworthy science, which is which we, we would say it's not actually science. Yeah. It's a philosophy about how you interpret the past history of the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sadly, um, the, the, the state of the church in this country on, on the book of Genesis isn't good, but God um, is doing, at the same time, good things um, in a number of different ways. And we, we are seeing some, some good things happening among churches. Yeah. A big part of your ministry, like you've touched on, is going into these churches, Simon. Um, I know you've got a fantastic... Um, number of guests as well that you bring along with you if there's any deacons or elders listening that would like to invite you guys along how do they reach out and make that happen um well we can go to the, the website answersingenesis.org and if you go to the contact section there yeah you will you'll see um the uk phone number the uk email address and you can just um call us up or send us an email and we'll, we'll be happy to get in touch with your church and come out and, and speak either on a on a Sunday, a Saturday, or you know during the week, yeah. or even if you want during if we're still in the time of lockdown, we're happy to do um, things online. Yeah, really good. So, why is it so important that Christians have a high view of Scripture, Simon? Um, well, the way I approach this uh, subject, David, is, is basically to say I I have the same view of Scripture that the Lord Jesus had. Yeah, and so when when people ch- when when people challenge me on that issue, yeah. that's my question. Do you view scripture the same way Jesus viewed scripture? Mm. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Then, as Lord, He has the right to tell you what to believe. Yeah, and when you look at how Jesus viewed scripture, in John ten, um, He talked about the fact that scripture cannot be broken. In other words, mm. there's no errors. In Scripture, when you look at his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about the fact of the inspiration of scriptures down to the jot and tittle. That's even better than many theologians in the church today. He believed that the very words themselves yeah. were inspired. And if you think about when he when he was talking, or you know, he was being tempted by Satan, how did he um, refute Satan? It is written. Mm. And then you can look at other quotes in the New Testament when he takes on the Sadducees. Um, he rebukes them for their low view of Scripture because they didn't believe in, in the Scripture. He said, you are wrong, not knowing the power of, of God. So Jesus had the highest view of Scripture, and he even held you know, to a literal Adam, uh, Noah, the flood account, Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the, the account of Jonah and, and the great fish. Some of those mm. um, accounts are the most mocked and scoffed yeah. in society, but also some of the you know, that theologians are most embarrassed about in the church. But Jesus held to each of those accounts. And so if that was Jesus' view of the Bible, and if we're going to follow after the Lord Jesus, then that needs to be our view as well. So that's, yeah. that's how I generally, generally uh, establish you. I want to challenge people with, well, if you're a Christian, then let's look at the Lord Jesus and see what he believes about these issues. Yeah, so good. What would you say to a Christian that believes that the earth is billions of years old? Um, I normally respond to, to people say, "Well, where did you get that in the Bible? Yeah. Can you show me? Can you show me in the Bible where you got that?" And and most people at that point will will just um and ah because I don't think they've really thought about it. They normally just say something. Well, God could have used the Big Bang. God could have have, have used evolution. But I again, we go back to the authority issue of what does Scripture tell us? You know, that was Jesus's view. He went back to scripture in, in his debates with the 
religious leaders when he was trying to teach the disciples. He always went to Scripture. So as Christians, we want to go to Scripture and say, look, where did you get that idea? Because you won't yeah. find a belief in, in millions of years and older in, in, in the first chapter of Genesis. You, you, you have to twist it, distort it, you know, squeeze time in, in between verses. Yeah. Um, the text is, is quite clear that God created in, in six 24-hour um, days, you know, each day in Genesis 1 is accompanied by an evening, a morning. It's got a, a, new, a number there, and, and those um, are clear um, identifiers of, of a normal day. In fact, even in the law of God, mm. it's, it's a commentary really on, on the days of creation. Um, mm. The fourth commandment, um, which is to, to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, for in six days the Lord God made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and, and all that is in them. And then... Later on, just a few chapters later in Exodus 31, and here's the interesting bit about Exodus 31, 17. It tells us that God wrote um, that he made the world in six days, and that's the only thing he wrote with his finger in Scripture, yeah. that he made the heavens and the earth. And that's an amazing thing to think about. When If you're going to deny that, you're going to deny yeah. <laughs> yeah. what God has actually spoken to people and written yeah. with, with, his, with his hand in Scripture. So the Scripture is very clear. David, that God made the world in, in, in six normal 24-hour days. Yeah. There seems to be a growing censorship on Christians and particularly freedom of speech. Should we expect this to get worse? And if so, how should we be proactively preparing for that? Um, well, if, if you look at the state of things today, David, it's certainly in the, in the UK, in the West, it does yeah. um, look um, like things are getting worse all the time for Christians um, you know, freedom of speech seems to be um, something that's being taken away. Yeah. Um, Christians are starting to be persecuted. I, I interviewed a friend of mine, Josh, Pastor Josh Williams um, from Newquay. Yeah. Just our Facebook channel. I don't know if you saw that, but he, yeah. he stood up really against the LGBT community over there um, about a month ago. Yeah. And they came after him. And they tried to prosecute him, have him thrown in, in jail, and and all these things thrown out of the country. Even they wrote a letter to the to the Home Secretary, and you know, so things are getting heated up. And you know, maybe we will expect things to uh, become a lot worse because the more people reject the true and living God, the more people suppress the truth in idolatry, mm. and then just read Romans chapter one. It yeah. doesn't look good, does it? It's um, God. Yeah. Um's wrath is being revealed. You know that's present. That's an active verb there in in Romans chapter one, and we see that now in the country, um, the, the growth of secularism, even paganism with, within the culture. You know the the, the the suppression of freedom of speech. Yeah. So even though, but even, even in light of that, David, what I would say we need to remember, even if things get very dark. Mm. The light shines most brightly when it's dark. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and we need to remember Jesus' words. He said, "He will build his church, yeah. and the gates of hell will not prevail yeah. against them." So we we have nothing we have nothing to fear, um, but everything to look forward to. Because we know if we're safe and secure in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, then nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. And we have the greatest news of all: the good news of the gospel. Yeah, so true. What does education look like within the school system today, and what problems do they pose to Christians? Uh, well, um, as you know, David, uh, I choose to, to home educate yeah. um, our children, yeah. and I'm very much behind um, 
Christian education. So, um, you know, when I look at when I look at government education, um, the most worrying thing about it is that in its ideology, it's, it's secular. Mm. There is no room for God in secular education, and so. For, for Christians, that's something to think about. If you, you if you're sending your children to the government for their education, then who has discipled them? Yeah. Who is the one who is discipling them? Well, people who do not love God and His law. And um, Jesus said in Luke six forty. I'm going to have to try and paraphrase this. Maybe maybe I'll get it right. <laughs> he said, "Everyone after is fully trained will be like." his teacher yeah and so if your children spend their time in government school just think about that mm. and everyone when he's fully trained will be like his teacher mm. and so that's why you know christians sit back and think well you know where are all the young people in church today well it's not that they they're not religious they've embraced another religion it's a religion of secularism the religion mm. of paganism mm. uh, materialism so they, they have embraced another yeah. ideology yeah they've rejected the, the scripture, the God of scripture, because they've embraced another um, philosophy of life. And they got that because they were immersed so much in government education. And if you just think, um, one of the most worrying things, David, if you look at the, the school system today, mm. is, is the, the outright propaganda that's taken place yeah. within the school system. When you think about the LGBTQ movement mm. and how, you know, they're, how they're so far in to that to, to the education system now where they're, they're teaching children i think as young as four and five um about same-sex relations that that is truly um disturbing yeah. and, and for christians that is not a place where you would want your child and i and i will say this i know not every christian is in the, is in the same, same place some struggle financially some are single parents but if it's within your power i would do everything i could to get them out and yeah. you know speak to your church about these things speak to your pastor say pastor look we're worried what can we do to help these young people can we can we start a christian school can we start um home educating how how can we as a christian community help this because i think if you're if you're looking um for children to stay in the church then you need to be giving them a christian education yeah you're obviously really experiencing this. I know you're so passionate about it, Simon. Tell us firsthand um, some of the uh, benefits and experiences that you've seen. Um, well, I mean, Christian education, home education is, is a great privilege. Um, yeah. I think it's a one that the, the scriptures w would, would teach um, from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and, and other verses in the Bible. If you just think about even the book of Proverbs, um, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, Proverbs 1 7 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. Now that, that's an amazing thing to think about. Um, if the fear of Lord, or not if the fear of Lord, since the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, then the people who teach our children need to have the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Because that's when knowledge, and when, when the writer of Proverbs talks about knowledge, people, Christians just read that and think, well, that's just talking about spiritual knowledge. Mm. Well, no, it's not, because who's the author of the book of Proverbs? Yeah. Solomon. Yeah. And Solomon was the wisest man in the ancient Near East that the book of 1 Kings um, chapter 4 will tell us. And just when you read 1 Kings 4, just look at the things um, Solomon is wise in. Yes, he's wise. He has the wisdom of God in, in spiritual matters, but he's also a man of science, mm. a man of the arts, mm. um, a man of literature. 
a man of mathematics, all these things. Um, so Solomon was wise in all those areas. And so, you know, the Bible tells us that's where knowledge begins. And, and, and there's an amazing verse in, in, in the New Testament in Colossians 2, 3, where Paul says, um, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, I would say to any Christian, go home, read that verse, tonight, yeah. meditate on it. Yeah. Because, again, that's founded in the book of Proverbs. Think about that. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're found in the Lord Jesus Christ because of who Paul tells us he is in the previous chapter. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And so if we want our children to be wise, if we want our children to have true knowledge of the world, then they first need to know who the Lord is. And, you know, there are great benefits of being able to educate your Christian, sorry, educate your children at, at home, yeah. give them a Christian education or put them in a Christian school. It doesn't, what I will say, it doesn't make them necessarily Christians because they still need to understand the gospel and trust yeah. in the Lord, but it will yeah. have great rewards in their life. And why wouldn't you want them hearing the gospel every day? Why wouldn't yeah. you want them understanding the scriptures um, every day and, and, and looking at God's world through God's word? That, 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 that's one of the most important things yeah. um, we could ever think about. And, and there are great privileges um, you know, to that, the way we see it in our own children, how they're maturing in in their understanding of who God is mm. and the world he's made um, I think one of the things that's lacking um, even in secular education today and it's, it's one of the reasons we see so much confusion in the world people no longer are taught how to think are told what to think yeah you know, most m most young people today when you when you speak to them you can see that they've been indoctrinated to yeah. think a certain way they have been told yeah how to think about things. They haven't been told about logic yeah. or, or wisdom. They're just told, here's what you should know, and um, this is this is what, what you need to do. Yeah, so you know, true. that's not great education. Yeah, and so but we need we need to start doing that. Even, even in, I would encourage Christians, even in, in your own Bible studies, um, in, in your Sunday schools, in your youth groups, teach them not what to think, but how to think, mm -hmm. because then... Then you, will, then you will have people who can um, truly understand what's going on in the world. Yeah, so good. A big objection when it comes to home education is often around how the children will have opportunities to develop their social skills. How have you overcome this being an issue, Simon? Um, <laughs> well, I would say we, we've never had to come over the, overcome that issue because, yeah. you know, I would just say, well, if you think young people learn social skills when they go to the government education um, for their education, yeah. then government schools, sorry, for their education. Well, when you when you speak to a lot of young people today, it, it's really difficult to get a conversation out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's true of, of every young person, by the way. I'm not going to generalize. Yeah. But it is true of a lot of young people. Um, so I wouldn't want that sort of socialization for my children in the yeah. first place. Yeah. But, you know, we... Our children are fine to socialize um, with people, and they get on great with young people. They get on great with adults. They can speak respectfully. They can communicate to, to other people. And, you know, home education isn't just about hiding away at home and keeping away from the world. That's not what home education yeah. is about. We get um, involved in, in society. We get involved with our neighbors in our church. You know, we take our children to lots of different programs, whether football, swimming, um, all sorts of different things in the community. 
identity. So it's very much about um, being part of, of the place where God has, has placed you. So I, I think some people might homeschool out of fear mm-hmm. and want to keep their children hidden away. But that's not the purpose of home education, I don't think. And yeah. So if you if you do it um, in, a, in a good way, I think your, your children will be fine. Socialization isn't the problem. In fact, if you speak to most homeschoolers, normally when they hear that objection, they just roll their eyes yeah. because they know how yeah. bad of an objection it really is if yeah. you truly get, get to know their children. <laughs> yeah. To be fair as well, Simon, you've actually got a household that's bigger than some schools anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without seven children. Um, That's right. You know, for, actually, to be honest, yeah, for, for, for a family in great uh, in, in the UK, yeah, um, it's pretty, uh, we're a pretty big family. But actually, sometimes when we go to homeschool conferences, um, we're, we're not the biggest. We, we've met families <laughs> of thirteen children, twelve wow. children. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. But you know, the Bible tells us um, children. Are a blessing from the Lord. They're, yeah. they're not a curse. Yeah. Not a drain on us. They're yeah. a blessing. Yeah. And uh, yes, parenting is hard, but it's a blessing, and it's wonderful to, to see your children grow yeah. and go through the trials of life, and you know to see to see them mature in the faith as well. Amen. So good. As well as all of the other things that you do, you regularly interview people on uh, the Answers in Genesis social media platforms. Tell us about that, and what kind of subjects have you covered? Yeah, I mean, we, we try and use our social media platforms to, to, to the best advantages as, as we can. Yeah. And over the last sort of several months, I guess, while we've been in lockdown, we've, we've interviewed a number of scientists, theologians, um, apologists on various subjects, on creation, evolution, the flood, um, dinosaurs. Um, we've done things on evangelism, how to reach people, um, We've done things on climate change, environmentalism, um, even social justice. What, what social justice? Biblical mm. justice. Um, you know, with speakers like Ken Ham and um, Dr. Cal Beisner, Andy McIntosh, Stuart Burgess. We've had a number of great speakers on. If you want to, if you want to find these talks, by the way, you just have to go to our UK Facebook page, yeah. the video section. A lot of those. In, I think we've probably got sixty plus, wow. seventy plus interviews on yeah. there now, and all sorts of. Um, different subjects to do with apologetics, the Bible, um, creation, evolution, all these different subjects. You know, we had great fun over the last several months doing some of these interviews and getting into some meaty issues. It's been very helpful. Do you have a favourite guest or conversation that springs to mind, Simon? Um, I, I think, I, actually, if, if people uh, are, are, are listening to this, what, what, one of the uh, people I've learned a lot from over the last few years is, is, is a man by the name of Dr. Calvin Beisner, yeah. um, who's an American theologian. He's yeah. a really, I mean, he's got a, a brain that's probably as big as America. He's, he's a really <laughs> smart guy, but yeah. at the same time, he's really humble, down to earth. But um, he has a ministry um, called Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. So he's talking about. Um, biblical creation stewardship, how we should look after God's world. And that's not the same thing as, as radical environmentalism, but the mm. Bible does give us a creation mandate. It does teach us how we should um, be good stewards of, of the world. Mm. And so they do a lot of good teaching on um, what that's all about, what um, the opposite is, what, what is environmentalism, what, what's the whole issue of climate change, um, what's going on with the whole 
social justice movement, yeah. um, what is biblical justice, things like that. So I would recommend people go on to his, his web page, um, cornwallalliance.org, because mm-hmm. you, you will learn a lot of great stuff from, from Dr. Baisner. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great thinker, and he's probably someone uh, I enjoyed interviewing because you can, you can really learn a lot from people like him. Awesome. I'll check that out. It's brilliant. The public face of Christianity in the Western world is that of a prosperity gospel. Why should we be aware of this? And how do you encourage Christians not to get sucked into following these false teachers? Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't really deal with the prosperity much uh, at, at Antis in Genesis. We've never really, it's not been one of our, you know, aims yeah. to, to tackle that issue. Although I guess we have it in, in there's been maybe one or two articles up there but i would say yeah absolutely you need to stay away um from prosperity teaching i think um i don't know you've probably had him on have you justin peters yeah and costy hin as well yeah 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 you've interviewed those guys yeah, yeah. so you know go in and to listen to those guys on on, on these issues but yeah it's a, it is absolutely uh an, an abusive um um i, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's christian at all because no. it's not it's an abuse of the word of God um, that you know God wants you to be prosperous um, in life that's not what the Bible says you may be prosperous in life God may bless you but God doesn't necessarily say that you are going to be prosperous because you you trust in him you know the the apostle Paul said through many tribulations we will enter the kingdom of God and if you want to live a godly life in this world Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.12 I think it is you're going to face persecution so the, the christian life isn't isn't the bed of roses jesus told uh, told his disciples you're going to take up your cross and follow me if you want to come and serve me and people knew what that meant in his day if he took up your cross you basically go in to die and so yeah, yeah the, the prosperity gospel is an absolute abuse of scripture in fact if you think of there's a, there's a, there's a passage in scripture which mm. everyone knows and sometimes i i think they get it wrong mm. it you know, you think about in, in it's in the Gospels, the widow's offering. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everyone thinks that's about, you know, how we should tithe money and everything. Well, mm. I don't think it's about that. I think mm. it is about the abuse when you abuse the poor yeah. and the widows among you. Because if you if you if, if you if you look at what Jesus talks about there, the fact that there was a poor widow putting money into the offering um, would have been against the law of God because. According to the law of God, who were the people to be looked after? Yeah, the poor yeah. and the widows. They shouldn't have been. That lady shouldn't have been putting money into into that collection box. People, the the, 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 the religious system should have been taken care of her. She shouldn't yeah. have had to put that money in. And you know what? The, the, the next words, Jesus. Jesus, by the way, doesn't comment on on that as, as a lesson in giving. He doesn't say a yeah. word about yeah. that. His next words actually is that this temple. Is going to come down yeah. because the Pharisees had abused uh, their position, yeah. and so that's what that's what happens to false religion that yeah. abuses the word of God. It, it will it will come down. Yeah, so good. And of course, the Trojan horse that gets a lot of his prosperity teaching into people's homes today is the the popular worship music, right? That a lot of people are listening. I know you've done a an interview about the New Apostolic Reformation, the NAR. Um, but that that's a way that uh, uh, you know that this false teaching is getting into a lot of people's homes, right? Yeah, a lot of you know. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of modern worship music. To be honest, yeah, yeah. It's, 
it's um i'm not a great musician anyway but yeah it is it is a way to get in because you think about what music when you when you listen to music normally what you do is you switch off right yeah. because you get lost people talk about why well, i got lost in, in in the music sort yeah. of thing and actually you need to think about the words we sing because when we praise god in in, in song um you know when you think about the psalms they're so rich theologically yeah. Yeah. and they talk about who god is his holiness his character, his justice, his loving kindness, his mercy, his goodness—you um, know—they they really are rich in the way they describe God. And yeah. you know, a lot of these songs, to be honest, there's, there's no theology, or well, there is theology to them. It's just bad theology. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we we need to when we listen to them, we need to switch on. Um, we need to have our mind switch on. Yeah. As in Romans twelve two, we need to be renewed in our thinking. Yeah. In our mind. And we need to think about a lot of these modern worship songs because either praising God the way God tells us He should be praised. And I think if you look a lot of look, um, look at a lot of the stuff that are coming out of well, I'll just name them: Hillsong, yeah. Um, what's the other one? Bethel, Bethel. Church, yeah. That, those are places. Those are things to just stay well yeah. clear of. And I think again, I would just recommend people like Justin Peters to people probably yeah. Costi here. I haven't really listened to a lot of Costi. Yeah. But I imagine they talk about a lot of those issues yeah. and, and probably unpack them in, in, a, in a good theological way as well. But yeah, I would stay well clear of, of those and you know pick up an old dusty hymn book, open it up, and you know start singing some of the old classics. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, those, those guys um, <laughs> yeah. are, are rich in the scripture and they they, they know how to honour God. Yeah, so good. Or, 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 or there is people like the Gettys. I won't say all modern music. There's, there's good. There are good people. Stuart Townend yeah. and others. Good, yeah. Good, good song yeah absolutely have you changed your theological position on anything over the years simon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah pro- pro- well I, I wouldn't say no i'm much <laughs> perfect in my theology so, uh, yeah i have and you know like everyone you mature um in um how you think about issues um i mean the church we grew up in and in hartlepool when when we were young yeah. was a small um, old style Pentecostal church, yeah, um, and they were they loved the Word of God, and they taught from the Word of God. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be that position myself today. Yeah, um, I'm certainly not going to speak bad about the pastor because he was a lovely. He's today yeah. one of the most nicest Christians you could meet who, yeah. who has a love for the Lord. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I wouldn't be that position today. I'd be more sort of. Um, reformed in my understanding of the yeah. Christian faith yeah um, so yeah I've had to change things around the more you think about scripture the more you, you listen and learn from others you, you get challenged on on things um, you were taught earlier on or things that you just assumed earlier on from reading the scripture and, and yeah so I think um, you, you, you should always be um, willing to learn yeah and change the position if yeah. you know it it's in contradiction to the scripture yeah absolutely what have been some of your favorite resources that have helped you grow in your faith oh wow that's a good question um i think when i think about um it's like books like um jc ryle i really like jc ryle even though i wouldn't be an anglican i think jc ryle is one of the most clear um thinking christians communicators um when when you read his books like holiness they just, you know, cut you straight yeah. to the heart. You can, 
you can when you read them you can imagine him preaching yeah. those words and it must have been um, amazing to, to listen to him preach so yeah I, I appreciate the works of, of J.C. Ryler's book on holiness um, stuff like that I also um, I, I like to actually for me I like to learn to read commentaries I know that's not how a lot of people learn by you know digging into a commentary yeah. um, things like that I, I love the history of the Bible understanding what um, God has done in, in the Bible and how to understand some of, of those things so um, probably different to a lot of what people would read devotionally but I, I, I like um, the guy at the moment called Dr. Douglas Petrovich who's done a lot of good work on um, things in Genesis and in Exodus that are really helpful for Christians if you can read his stuff um, yeah you the, 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 you know they're probably yeah. very academic but they're, they're very good for understanding the Bible from a historical point of view and, and theological point of view yeah um, yes but there's there's some of the people you know I, I like to read you've got to mention a Ken handbook Simon <laughs> oh yeah yeah I've done yeah <laughs> I've probably read all of Ken's hand, but yeah, Ken, Ken's um, a great communicator, and yeah. Ken's written a number of great books over the years. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, I've read Ken <laughs> a number of years ago. I remember re reading The Lie, and actually I remember he came he came to, um, when my dad was a pastor in London, uh, along with another, there was two pastors in the church, one was American, and the American Pastor knew Ken and Ken yeah. came over and I remember the first time I heard him speak and it was just so clear and I understood even though I wouldn't say I was a Christian he, what he was saying made total sense yeah. and so when I, when I eventually read the lie you know that Ken's very clear in how he communicates and he, 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 he tries to soak his, his books in the Bible yeah. and so yeah Ken, Ken, Ken's a great communicator What's your favourite Ken Ham moment Simon? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, I, I I've listened to a lot of Ken. I've been at conferences with him, spoken yeah. with him, yeah. and you know the, the thing that amazes me about Ken every time he speaks, he, he he sort of speaks with the passion he spoke the message the first time. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to get more enthusiastic <laughs> uh, every time you listen to Ken. That, that's one of the great things about him. You know, he, he's got a desperation for people to understand the importance of Scripture, um, the authority of Scripture. And, you know, people say, oh, he, he just talks about the same thing all the time to us. People say that. You know, but Ken, you know, he's trying to show the church the importance yeah. of, 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 of the book of Genesis to the rest of Scripture. He's trying yeah. to help people see the wider picture. Um, and, you know, if you, if you listen to him, and he's done this in a number of his talks. He, he he shows clips of him speaking 30 years ago, and saying, "If we don't stand upon God's word, mm -hmm. then look what will happen." Yeah, and it's almost prophetic in, yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah, that those things have happened because as a church we just haven't. Yeah, we we've, we've been ashamed of God's word. We haven't stood boldly on it. We haven't understood. Um, the, the issues of our day and where the world is attacking them, and we we now face we're now facing the consequences, and so that's one of the, the you know every time I listen to Ken, it's, it's you, you you always feel um, you know very you come you, you come away enthusiastic about going to serve the Lord. So 
yeah, Ken Ken's given us lots of good moments, and so I think that the first time I heard him, I probably that's a moment that sticks with me. Yeah. And even some of the some of the conferences I I, I heard him at in my younger days, and yeah, and I just remember being at some of them, and there was such a a, a, a vibe there among the Christians and excitement that yeah. they were they were they were seeing this thing for the first time. It was it was good to see. Um, but you know, Ken Ken does have a good passion for the Word of God, and it's it's great to see him still active, yeah. doing it today. Yeah, Simon, you've written a number of books. At, at what point? Wh- when do we start calling you a prolific author? How many have you written so far? <laughs> <laughs> I've written well. I, I've written one book. Yeah. Um, entitled Adam, the first and the last, responding to modern attacks yeah. on the first Adam and the last Adam. Um, so that's the first book I, I, I've, I've written. I've written other booklets. Yeah. Um, um, actually, I, I do have a, my second book is is at the publishers <laughs> at the moment, and hopefully that'll be out next year. But I have written a number of other booklets um, on things on subjects like um, ten biblical reasons Jesus is God. Yep. And the triune God of the Bible. Yep. Um, um, what the New Testament says about creation, and those are deliberately. Um, and I've even written a book, actually, I think you, you're aware of this, um, um, Leading Them Out, White yeah. Christian Education. Matters. So good. And so all, of, all those all those books are purposely smaller um, because, for example, the two books on the deity of Christ and the Trinity, now I wanted Christians to understand how to defend that issue because those are subjects that have been attacked in the church and in the world. And as Christians, we need to know the answers and when you you know a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door you meet yeah. a Muslim yeah. in the workplace or out in the streets then those are great things to give them so I deliberately designed those things to, to be things that you could hand out to, to people yeah so some of the booklets I've written have been a bit smaller purposely because you know I saw a need to get something accessible into the hands of lots of Christians on some of these important issues. Yeah. Well we're very thankful in this family uh, that you did Simon you're, you're actually a little bit of a hero uh, in our house we <laughs> certainly with our kids when we come to see you at the conference last year we picked up your book on home education and it was only a, a little seed for us at that moment it was something that we discussed and, and never really developed the conversation but we come home and my wife read your book in one sitting and I remember her bringing it down I was working late at night and she it's about midnight one o'clock in the morning she she brought it down and she said, oh, you need to read this now. Like, you know, we need to have a chat. And, you know, we've been really blessed by that as a family as well. And we're very grateful to you for that. Oh, that's great. It's, you know, that, that's why um, I wrote it a little book purposefully yeah. for you to read, or your wife to read probably in about half an hour yeah. over a cup of tea. And hopefully it points out the issues of why um, this is important. And, you know, it, yeah, it's a blessing to know that it has impacted people and people have been challenged. And again, I'll, I'll just say, I know it, it's, a, it's a difficult issue for some people um, because of maybe the situation they find themselves in. Mm. Or maybe, I know a lot of people take it personally because they think it's, a, it's, it's an assault on the decision they've made. But I would just encourage people to, you know, if you, if you pick up the booklet or pick up yeah. the Word of God, you know, listen to, to the arguments, have your Bible open, and, yeah. and, and listen to what God god is saying and and think about your children yeah um that, those are the most precious things outside of your salvation yeah and then your, your your spouse that god will give you yeah and those are people that will either spend eternity in, in heaven 
vitally important for us to think about as Christians. Yeah, so good. You guys at Answers in Genesis have made a fantastic replica of the Ark. Have you been? And tell us all about that project. Yeah, I've been, um, um, although I hate flying, (laughs) I have been over... um, well, I've been over to the States a few times. Since yeah. it opened in two... I'm going to get the date wrong here. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess it opened up in 2000... Hopefully Ken Hammers listened to this. Um, <laughs> opened up in 2000... July 2017. I, I think it did open up in 2017. We'll go, we'll go yeah. with that. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, but yes, it is. It's, a, it's an, am, a, an amazing feat of, of engineering. Yeah. Um, there's a DVD we do at the ministry on how it was built, and that that's amazing to watch. But if you go, um, it's in northern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, you used to be able to get a direct flight out there. I don't think you can anymore. You have to take, but it, it's worth going anyway. Mm. Um, and it is back open now with the restrictions. And I know probably people are not going to be traveling out there maybe for a while, but if you ever get the chance to go to America, go to northern Kentucky, go yeah. to the Ark Encounter. And it's not just the Ark Encounter, it's the, the Creation Museum. You can spend a week there at those attractions. Yeah. And you'll be blessed um, and edified through all the things that te- it will teach you about the Word of God, about the history and the Bible. Um, but you'll also have a great time. And, you know, when you do see the Ark, I think when I, I remember the first time I went, yeah. and you sort of drive up this um, hill, and you can see it, you start to see it from far away, and you get up to it, and you just... When you get up to it, you just go, wow, yeah, yeah. that is massive. And you understand, because it's built to the exact size of the ark. Well, you know, there's a few liberties taken here and there. Yeah. But it is a massive structure. And when you get inside it, you know, it, it, it's, it's even bigger than you think. And, you know, it, it blows a lot of those objections out of the water when people talk about, well, how did Noah get all the animals onto yeah. the ark? You know, there was, yeah. there was plenty of room on that ark. But they have done... I would say this: they could only do it in America. Yeah. In America, yeah. um, they've got some great people out there, and yeah, it is worth going. If, if, if people ever get the chance to go over to the, you don't go to Disney World anymore. Go go to somewhere yeah. where you can have it, and you you can have a great time as a family. But there are a lot. There's petting zoos. There's um, uh, what do you call it? Zip lines. All sorts of things like that. So you can have fun as a family. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you, you learn about the history and, and the Word of God and it is amazing to go to ah, brilliant Simon this hour was absolutely flown by I've, I've really enjoyed speaking to you thank you so much for your time oh thanks David it's been great to speak to you and hopefully people have been blessed yeah definitely what what is the best way for people to get in touch with you you don't do social media do you um, well we do have a Facebook page if you go on Facebook uh, well I, I don't have a personal one no that's uh, right yeah. Think, yeah 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 not yeah I never yeah I don't want to put myself out there like, like that <laughs> Um, but <laughs> um, I don't see myself as anyone significant. I really don't. Um, but if you want to contact us, we have Answers in Genesis UK Europe Facebook page. Um, yeah, please go there and, and like us. Have a look at some of the we try and put up a number of articles daily. Yeah. Um, link to talks and things that are going on in the world, um, conferences and so on and so forth. But if you can go to the AnswersInGenesis.org website and that's. We share that website with the U.S. ministry, but if you go to the contact section there, um, you will find um, our phone details, our email email details if people want to get in contact with us. So that we can maybe put these links um, in, in the comment section. Absolutely, yeah, we will. Yeah, for people to yeah, but yeah, answers in Genesis.org. Visit 
to them and you don't want to get net you want to put net in and all that but yeah. answers in genesis have answers.tv if you go on the web answers and job it's a streaming service answers um dot tv and i think it's four pound a month right yeah but there's lo loads of great christian content on there talks um science lessons lots of things home educators by the way on there mm. they've done a lot of home education lessons on there science yeah. um history that sort of thing and so there's loads of things on answers.tv I, I would recommend that to, to the audience to, to, for great Christian content because you've got a really great team you've got Nathaniel Jensen you've got Georgia Purdom doing content on there as well haven't you yeah yeah there's lots of great um, um, speakers in the US um, out there who are well qualified to speak yeah. on some of these issues that are you know the, the secular team. yeah Georgia Purdom geneticists Dr. Nathaniel Jensen if you he did in the lockdown um, I think it was early on probably in April and May he did mm. like a 28 maybe 30 part series on on the history of mankind mm. um, from from a genetics point of view and it is mind-blowing he's got a book coming out on that next year and it'll 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 cause some damage to some certain theories about yeah. the evolution of the world yeah um, because what what you know from genetics today, you know, is just astounding. The more you look at, at, at genetics, at DNA, the more you see um, God in there, and you see that the, you, you can actually trace the history of humanity because it it, le it leaves a stamp on history. Um, our DNA does, and you can trace people all the way back uh, um, to the beginning. Yeah. So good. It is a shame that you're not on Twitter, uh, Simon. You would be a much-needed, sensible voice on that platform. <laughs> uh, I, I would actually probably be a twit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rather than a tweet. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah. There's some good things about social media, but there's... Um, there's a lot of bad uh, as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I try, to be honest, David, I do try and train myself. You know, my, fam my, my family come first, then my work. And yeah. you can... The thing is, with social media, you can get... Um, you can spend a lot of time you unnecessary can. time yeah. so yeah. you know while it is a good platform in certain ways to just put things out there um, you can also get caught up in it and, yeah yeah, that's very so, true but, yeah we are on Facebook I am on Facebook yeah <laughs> Well, I'll, I'm going to get all of those links that you've mentioned. They're all going to be in the comments below. Simon, when your book comes out next year, you'll have to come back on and we'll have to uh, have an interview all about your book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, on, it's on 2 Peter Chapter 3. And I, although it's on 2 Peter Chapter 3, there, is, there are two chapters on um, the, the, the verses in Chapter 1 yeah. on, on, on myth and in the inspiration of Scripture. So it, 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 the subject is on the scoffers of creation and the flood so yeah awesome. i'd be glad to come on and talk about the book hopefully it'll be a, it'll be a great book for people to get hold of yeah we'll look forward to it thanks again for your time simon really enjoyed it yeah thanks thanks for having me on david thank Go you back.